given time of day Cause I'm a renegade Never been afraid to holler about anything Anything Hey, 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 y'all. It's the 312 Renegade Diva back in effect. It's your girl MJ here recording our second episode for our podcast. Today's topics are being pinai as fuck. Game of Thrones episode three from season eight. And we're going to talk about social media. Um, bullies on social media, just a lot of foolishness on social media, and uh, a lot of reality stuff going down in social media. Um, so we're gonna start out uh, with talking about being Filipina in Chicago. Uh, being Filipina is uh, a female is Pinay, and the male version is Pinoy. Um, that's why it's, uh, it's called Pinay as fuck because although I was born in Chicago, um, I definitely learned a lot about my roots. I definitely found out, uh, stuff about where my people are from, you know, about our culture and just, you know, pretty much like taking in my heritage. Filipino parents are a lot different than um, Filipino parents born here in America. My parents were pretty old school. My grandparents were old school, have a pretty pretty big family. Um, My mother is one of eight children. She has two sisters and five brothers. She has brothers in L.A., Houston, Lombard, and she has two sisters in Addison, Illinois. Uh, my father has 10 siblings. A few of his sisters have passed away now. He has three brothers, all still currently living, one in the Philippines, two in New Jersey. And we live in Logan Square in Chicago. Um, my parents basically got married in the Philippines. And then my uncles petitioned for my grandparents to come out to America and all their siblings so they all got out here mid 70s early 70s everybody got married around that time mostly and and then they had a bunch of us a lot of us were born a lot of my cousins a lot of my first cousins were born in um the 70s mostly Uh, we have a few in the early 70s and then we have a lot towards the end of the 70s. We have also relatives born in the early 80s. So a lot of my first cousins are in their late 30s, early 40s. And, you know, we're all a close-knit family. So one thing about our family is we always have each other's back. You know, it's always about um, getting to the root just so that we can be a better family. You know, uh, for the most part, we're pretty real with each other I think you know it's it's better to keep it 100 I mean like there are some of my aunts and uncles who you know the truth can't really just be told to them just because they don't handle the truth very well but I do have a lot of uncles and aunts who are pretty open to hearing you know what's really going on in this world and talking about 
you know, how much we can actually improve as a person and, you know, what we can do for our country, you know, and give back. So um, growing up in our neighborhood, we were the only Filipinos. We lived in Humboldt Park uh, for a majority of the mid-70s until um, the late 80s. We had a house uh, on Potomac and Homan. I'm not sure if any of y'all are familiar with that area, but, you know, from my Humboldt Park folks, you know, we grew up there. That's like all we knew growing up. There were so many of us and we just used to kick it. I mean, our parents used to like play cards, drink, smoke and gamble and play music and we would dance. And it was, you know, it was always a good time. I always remember my childhood always being a good time. My grandparents were the best and my grandfather um, used to live with us and and you know he stayed with us right before his passing but you know we are very strong throughout our family strong most most of the women in our family are very strong minded uh good head on our shoulders but you know me for example i was always the black sheep of the family i was always getting into trouble i was always doing things that i shouldn't have been doing so you know I was always kind of frowned upon from my aunts and uncles only because, you know, I just I pretty much wasn't doing shit. I wasn't being a good child to my parents. And, you know, I always rebelled and did what I wanted to do. And now that I'm a mother, I have a daughter who's 24. You know, I start to see the things my parents and my aunts and uncles saw and try to instill that in the younger generation of all my god kids my daughter my nephew all you know all the kids in my family i have a lot of children in the family and you know a lot of the kids they look up to us were a lot of the role models i'm not proud of a lot of the things that i've done or the things that i still do but you know i'm a work in progress i'm definitely progressing by day by day i'm you know definitely trying to be a better person in this universe um i remember when we were young and you know we messed around and our parents weren't having it i remember we'd go to church and my parents used to pinch us in like right in the inner thigh that would be called the sing it in tagalog it's called the sing it which is actually like right around your pubic area but it's like in your inner thigh where it's the most tender and our moms used to go in there take their nails and pinch and twist so that was the most indiscreet that was like the most discreet way for our parents to like punish us in public without having to like raise an arm and fuck us up out in public but yeah you can ask any of my relatives or anybody Basically, that's Filipino. Ask them if they've ever been pinched in the sing it by, you know, their grandparents or their parents. It's 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 pretty painful. Um, So uh, what about just growing up in the Philippines and not having anything and then coming to Chicago and, you know, it's just a whole new atmosphere. Like our parents used to play with a can that was tied to a string and they told me that that was like a toy that they would play with back back home when they were in the Philippines. And and I'm I'm thinking I got Cabbage Patch dolls, I got a game perfection, I got Monopoly, and we got Nintendo and Sega and and y'all were talking about playing with a can with a string. I was just like, "Damn, 
that's hardcore right there, you know? So it really like makes you humble yourself and it makes you appreciate the things that you have when you start to hear about the struggle from others. Growing up in the hood, being Asian, I, you know, it was rough for us. I mean, I'm not going to lie, you know, being females, we had one boy in our family who was my mom's sister's son. So we lived right next door to my mom's sister in Chicago and Logan Square uh, for a majority of our lives. I want to say we lived there from about early 1980 till they moved out in 1997. So that's about 17 years that we live next door to my cousins. Uh, we went through grade school together, went to private school actually in the neighborhood. Uh, we also used to always go to family parties together. So we, we did a lot of vacationing together. So they were pretty much like our siblings because we were pretty much inseparable seeing that they were literally the house next door. Um, growing up, my cousin's grandparents uh, through marriage, they always took care of us. Um, when my grandparents passed away, we we actually spent a lot of time with my cousin's grandparents. So they were really close to us, even though they were not blood related. Um, they took care of us since we were little. And I got mad love for both of them. Um, I know they're resting in heaven in paradise right now, Mamang and Papang. But, um, you know, it, it definitely teaches you to embrace a lot of what people sacrifice for you when you're growing up and you see a lot of what the what the what others did for you as a child or you know like these were my grand these weren't my grandparents and yet they took care of us because you know what i'm saying like their son was married to my mom's sister and you know they just took us in like we were their own grandchildren it's pretty much what you get from most filipinos like if you go to a filipino house it's very rare that they're not going to be very hospitable to like the utmost where they're like always trying to feed you. They like they're handing you a plate and they're telling you to eat. And then after you finish your plate, they telling you to eat again. Um, the crazy thing is, is my aunt, you know, she's always been that woman that, you know, if you came to her house, like it didn't matter if she knew you. If if you were invited by someone that was in the family, she took care of you like you were family. And that's. That's some real shit right there. So, you know, I, I want to say I learned a lot from the women in my family. My mom, she was very headstrong. And, you know, my my aunt, she was she was a little more um, softer and, you know, like easier for us to talk to. And, I, and, you know, I love that. Like she was like my second mom. And then my mom's baby sister is my godmother. And, you know, she's always looked out for us as well on another level because my aunt was, you know, a nurse at Cook County and she worked there for so many decades. And she, you know, she's retired now, but, you know, she she actually has always been the one woman that has always looked out for almost everybody that she knows. Like, I remember when I was a kid, my aunt used to, like, bend 
bend over backwards, helping people get medical treatment, you know what I'm saying, making sure they got their prescriptions, you know, and I love that about her. I loved how she was such a selfless woman and she was all about church and God and family and and that's very inspiring and motivating for someone like me to see, um, you know, these are the role models that I had growing up. And even though I had the most inspiring and motivating women in my life, I never made the right choices. I definitely dated all the wrong guys. I dated all the guys that I shouldn't have dated and all the guys that I should have spent time on. I I definitely didn't give the time of day. Um, You know, also being Asian in Logan Square... In the early 80s and 90s, you know, we were discriminated against because all the Filipinos left. We actually heard that in that neighborhood, Filipinos actually were all over that neighborhood. And then we found out that they slowly they slowly migrated to the suburbs or further north from Logan Square, which was kind of tough for us because we grew up around a lot of Latinos um, that pretty much used to make fun of us and treat us like shit just because we were Asian and we were different, you know? They used to call us Chinese and, uh, you know, you know, we were always chinita. Like, like every time we would be with these, they'd be like the chinitas and we'd be like, yeah, well, we know they're talking about us because we were the only Asians that they fucked with, right? And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, they used to, the girls that didn't like us or used to fuck, you, you know, mess with us, they used to always call us um, Chinese and then say some ching chong ching and stuff like that. Just, you know, some real ignorant ass shit. But being a child, you know what I'm saying? Like, me in my family, like, we've always been like the kind of family who always like defended themselves whenever you know we were being attacked or someone tried to come for us like we weren't the type of motherfuckers to just stand back and let somebody like verbally or physically attack us like we we some g's you know in my family like we just don't we don't take that shit and like I want to say I was probably eight or nine years old when I first had my first physical altercation. I was at the corner store with my sister and my cousin and this little girl who had to be about three years younger than me actually started a fight with me. She actually had some of her siblings with her. Um, her mother was white and her their father was African-American. And, you know, they were just like the little badasses on the block. You know, they they didn't really have much. And, you know, their mother was on welfare so I think that had a lot to do with a lot of like, you know, the animosity these kids had because they they were like some troublemakers in the neighborhood. Anyway, I was at the store. This girl said something to me and I said, what? And then she hit me and we ended up fighting in front of the store um, through the through through the fight. One of her siblings actually hit me. And that would that had to be the first time where I knew I was going to be fighting a lot just living in the neighborhood. So that was like the first time in the beginning of when I became very aggressive towards people who just, you know, wanted to start with me or for no reason or just because I was Asian and different and they, that's something they weren't used to seeing. I got a lot of that. So, you know, um, as I got older, um, I became a teenager and then I went to high school, still got the same shit. You know, everybody was calling me Chinese and then, you know, my sister and my cousins, they all went to Lane Tech where all the Asians went. You know what I'm saying? When I was growing up, all the Asians went to school there. Von Steuben or Sen. They went to a lot of like the north, north high schools. So it was rough because we were pretty much on the 
like closer to the southwest side of you know the city as opposed to like the north side so like our options weren't that great like i don't know if anybody is familiar with kelvin park but that was pretty much our neighborhood school and i sure as fuck wasn't going to kelvin park i had cousins um my godparents lived across the street um had three older boys that were all older than me but they were my godbrothers and they actually even told us like don't ever like go to that don't ever go to that school and I couldn't believe it because, you know, they were telling us that this school was dangerous. Um, there's a lot of gangs and there's a fighting all the time. And and my parents, my parents were so scared, you know, they just didn't want to they didn't want to put us there. So after that, you know, I, I want to say I was very, how do you say, um, I just had a, a chip on my shoulder, I want to say, is what happened, you know? Because at that point, you know, you get to a point where, you know, you just, you're sick of being picked on. You know, you're sick of people talking to you and treating you a certain way. And, and you just, you're done with it. So, you know, you, you retaliate. Or you just continue to get bullied for the remainder of however long you tolerate getting bullied. I mean, me, my dad was always a hard ass, you know what I'm saying? And I always wanted to be like my dad because I had so much respect for my dad as a man. So I think that's probably why I, 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 I got tough quick. Um, so in high school, uh, we had situations where I went to a high school on the west side uh, near Grand and Central. I went to Prosser Vocational High School from 1990 to 94. And my sister and my cousins, they went to Lane Tech around the same time. My cousin actually went a little bit earlier because he graduated in 92. But I want to say he was he was at Lane Tech from like 89 or 88. And then um, I couldn't get into Lane because of my grades. And, you know, I think I always had, like, ADHD where I just had an issue trying to, like, grasp things at school. And I was too focused on making friends or making sure that the guy I liked knew that I liked him. You know, those were, like, the the things that I cared about for school. I didn't care about learning. I didn't care about none of the subjects. I just felt like... Maybe if the teachers had a better way of like introducing a subject to you, I, you know, like for instance, I was in seventh grade and I had a social studies teacher and he had to be the most um, boring teacher. And, and, you know, like history is already old, you know, it's dusty, you know, social studies is is old as fuck. It's for it's like fucking centuries old. And so you don't want no damn teacher who's coming in there talking about presidents that were, were from like the early 1800s and and you and you over here you don't even want to hear about that type of stuff, right? So at least make it exciting. I mean, that's how I feel. Like I probably like right now, for instance, let's go back to that. I I love history. I love learning about history. I love learning about about everything that, you know, it has to do with politics. And and the funny thing is, is that, you know, the government and everything that that is like tied up in 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 all of that with the constitution and, and history and social studies, I couldn't believe that 
I wasn't into it back then. But I know now that the reason is because these teachers need to liven it up a little bit during class. You know what I'm saying? Like, who the fuck wants to hear about the Boston Tea Party? And You know what I'm saying? Like, don't none of us want to hear about no goddamn Boston Tea Party. First of all, no one in Chicago is near the ocean. You know what I'm saying? The closest body of water next to us is Lake Michigan. So, like, we're not on any side of type of ocean. So when we think about, like, Boston Tea Parties and, like, boats and, and stuff like that and how all that shit went down, we're really not... I, I myself never really grasped it because I just felt like it was so boring. So boring. You know what I'm saying? And now that I'm an adult, I'm mad that I never took advantage of that free education because it was basically there and I just didn't want to I just didn't want to like have that knowledge, I guess. I you know, my priorities were definitely screwed up all throughout my younger years until I was about 26. I'm not going to lie. I was about 26 when I finally started to say, hey, you know, you're reckless. You're messy. You've done a lot of fucked up shit. Like, it's time for you to get your life on track. And that's when I did a 360. You know, I try to be a better mom for my daughter. You know, I, I, it was rough because as a single mom, especially just, you know, feeling like alone, I had to raise my daughter, you know, by myself. Me and her father, we broke up after she was almost a year old. You know, he was cheating on me with my best friend. And then, you know, I had to tell my mom about it because I had to leave him. I couldn't stay with him anymore. I had to get out. But I know that I couldn't take care of my daughter on my own being, you know, 19. So I didn't have a job. I was trying to go back to school. And then, you know, another reason why I left him was because one morning when I was going to school, I actually told him I was leaving and he was sleeping and I told him that the baby was awake. I was getting ready to go to school. Could you get up and watch her? So he's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I leave. I, I get down the street. I realize I left one of my textbooks. I go back to the house. As soon as I walk up in the house, I see my baby about to put her finger in a fucking socket and he's sleeping still after I told him to get the fuck up. I threw the goddamn textbook at his fucking face. You know what I'm saying? Like, how the fuck you going to sit there after I told you to get the fuck up? I mean, all you got to do is sit up and watch your baby. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's telling you to get in the shower, brush your teeth, put on clothes, get out the house. I just need you to get the fuck up and be a daddy. That's all you got to do. I mean, I wasn't even going to be gone for like two hours out of the day for this class. You know, so... After that happened with him, I ended up leaving him. You know, of course, I put school on the back burner. I quit school. I had to get a job. I ended up getting a full-time job at some food court in Dominic's, uh, which is a grocery store in Chicago. Well, no longer because they closed them all. But, like, imagine. I'm 19. You know, I, I had to walk out on this dude because, like, I couldn't even believe that he did that shit, right? And then on top of that... He's fucking my best friend, right? And so I'm just like, what the fuck? So I moved back in with my mom. I tell her that he cheated on me with my best friend. Now I'm with mom, right? And I'm thinking, you know, I'm making the best move for my daughter. But then, you know what I'm saying? Like, now I only, I mean, now I'm not getting any help, like, at all. And, you know, like, I'm sure he resented me for walking out on him and leaving him or whatever. But 
he didn't communicate with me. He never handled it with me. You know what I'm saying? Like he, he could have said, let's sit down and talk about this, you know, because we do have a daughter involved. But, you know, that wasn't the, the fucking case with him. It was all about him all the time. And that really fucking sucked. It really sucked because, you know, that's not what you want to hear in your family of all things. It's like, I don't know. I just wanted him to step up and be a dad. And he couldn't do that. So so now I'm 19, raising a baby by myself, a little girl. I moved back in with my parents. My parents helped me out with my daughter. Um, my grandfather moves in with us after my grandmother died. And my sister was a great help as well. But, you know, my sister was in school and my sister was in a relationship. She had her own little life going on. So, you know, she, you know, did what she could. But you know what I'm saying? Like, again, it was my daughter and I had to figure things out myself. So, you know, I made a lot of bad choices. I started selling drugs. You know, I tried to get a good job. But without a high school diploma, I mean, what kind of job are you really getting? You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I, I tried to have better morals, but I I did a lot of bad things. You know, I sold I sold weed and, you know, I, I tried to make money on the side. I was hustling, you know, and and it was tough. It was tough. It was it was a struggle and it was hard. I you know, I, I got a lot of help from my family. And that's why family is so important to me, because I feel like, you know, without them, I don't know where the fuck I would have been. Probably homeless, locked up, maybe even dead. And I don't even know what would have happened to my daughter. But I think, like, because of the help that I got from majority of my family, my daughter has grown up to be a very respectable young lady. You know, she's young still. She's going to school, and she's trying to figure her life out. But, you know, I'm I'm always going to be here for her to make sure, you know, she figures it out. Like, you got to have your kids' backs. Like, she's 24, and I could say, like, figure it out, and, you know, that's that. But I'm always going to have I'm always gonna have my daughter's back. I'm always going to be in her corner. Uh, you know, I try to guide her in the right direction. I think that's the problem with me is that I'm very, um, I think because my mom was very strong-minded and I'm very strong-minded, and I'm a Leo, and, you know, I, I'm very, like, into my astrology, and they tell me that, you know, Leos are very headstrong, and we're bossy, and, you know, I was born in 76, which makes me a dragon in Chinese zodiac, so I'm a Leo dragon, and my mom is feisty as fuck, you know what I'm saying? So I had a daughter, my daughter is a Pisces, and they're very sensitive and emotional, and, you know, my characteristics and my daughter's characteristics very much clash. But like over the years, I've really tried my best to to pretty much mold who I am to make my relationship with my daughter the best one yet. And I'm not going to lie, I failed. I've failed on so many levels as a mom. But, you know, at the end of the day, as long as you can talk to each other and communicate and be honest with each other, like, that's where, that's where, like, everything will start and become whole from, you know? But when you start telling lies and, and you can't even, like, keep it 100 with each other, that's when the shit just starts to go downhill. I mean, I used to be that person, you know what I'm saying? I used to lie to my mom all the time because I didn't want to upset her. 
But like now that I'm an adult, I know that lying to her is gonna upset her because if she, if she knows that I'm lying, which my mother always knew when I was lying, like I used to tell my mom little white lies all the time, and she'd be like, Marianne, I know you're lying, and I'd just be like, damn. I got my mama fucked up. How the fuck does she know this? Like, how does she always know when I'm lying? Do you know, my uh, my girl used to tell me that Filipino moms, they just have that intuition. Like, they, they know when you lying and shit. So, you know, I didn't fuck with my mom. It was easier to lie to my dad than to my mom. But, like, you know, as I got older, you know, I used to, like, tell lies all the time. And, and I got older and I said to myself, why am I lying to my parents? Why am I lying to my friends? Why am I lying to my family? Why am I lying to anybody that I care about? Like telling lies only gets you in trouble. And I'm a good liar. Don't get me don't get me wrong. Like I can look you dead in your fucking face and tell you a, a dozen lies and keep up with my fucking story. You know what I'm saying? But like what's the point in that? Like that's so much work to have to do. And I I know this because I've done this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I used to be a pro at this shit. And, like, it took me a lot of time in, in growth, inner, inner self-growth to, like, realize that, like, that wasn't, that wasn't the way I wanted to live my life. That, that isn't the, one, the person that I wanted people to portray, like, to be, to portray, um, to portray of me. Like, I wanted people to, to realize, like, who I was and, and, and I wanted people to, to like me, most of all. You know what I'm saying? And then I think, like, when I was younger, that's all I wanted was to be accepted, be liked. Uh, you know, I was always, like, seeking for love and attention. And I've got some goddaughters that I see, you know, that are young, very young, and they're, they're all, like, they're all heading down the same path that I was, you know? Except when I was headed down that path, I didn't have an um, an older cousin or an aunt or a sister that was older than me that used to that, that would give me really solid advice on how to deal with haters, how to deal with you know the jealousy, how to deal with growing up, you know, being being discriminated against, um, you know, I like being overweight. I have I have some god kids who have a weight problem as 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 do I but you know what I'm saying like me going down that path and having to have already experienced it I thought that you know maybe I could drop some knowledge you know just school them a little bit on you know things that they're going to have to endure like try to eliminate how much pain they have to go through which you know everybody's like oh you got to let them make their own mistakes you got to let them fall on their face and 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 figure it out yes I get it. But in my motherfucking family, if I can avoid you from hitting your face as minimal as possible, that's what the fuck I'm going to do because I'm that's that's who the fuck I am. You know what I'm saying? And like I had to like pull back a little bit because, you know, a lot of people be like my sister made it very clear that, you know, doing this type of stuff, trying to force your opinions on people is not always appreciated. You know what I'm saying? People don't view things the way that you view things. And that really hit home for me because that really made a lot of fucking sense. Like, I'm very strong-minded about having respect for your elders, having respect for the people who raised you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think children these days, like, they 
need to stop talking back to their parents. And, you know, I'm not saying it's the kid's fault. Like, I know that that stems from the parents. Like, parents need to check their kids. And it's not even really like people are like, I'm not going to hit my kid. Bitch, you don't got to hit your fucking kid to check them. I mean, being having disciplinary action towards your children is is something that, you know what I'm saying, is it's mandatory. It, it molds and sculpts the child that you're raising. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I, I mean, that's just another whole subject on its own. Like, we'll, we'll go into that on another day. But, yeah, motherfuckers raising their kids. I mean, they need to, like, face reality. You know, you can shelter your kids for so long. And you can pretend that what's out in this real world doesn't exist. But when your kids start to see that shit for themselves... And then they they sit in the back of their head wondering, why did mom and dad, like, keep this from us? You know what I'm saying? And I know it was to protect them. But really, you're not protecting them because if they can't protect themselves, then they're not being protected. You feel me? So, I mean, I just think parents need to, you know, lay down the law when a child is being, like, really impossible. Or just, like, ridiculous. Um, I think parents just let their kids get away with too much these days. I see it too much. And, you know, it's sad. It's sad because the world we live in right now, we have terrorists. We have kids killing kids in schools. You know, we have bombings. We have shootings on the street. I mean, Chicago alone is just so depressing, you know? All the sh- all the gang shootings. All the fly, you know, drive-by stray bullets killing innocent folks out here. I mean, that shit's sad. It's fucking sad. It's like, man, we're fighting a, a bigger cause out here in the real world. Like, what we're dealing with in, in politics and the government. And you know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers can't come together and just be like, look, we, we are all, you know, one people. Like, why the fuck are we killing each other? Like, that shit don't even make no sense to me. I got too many friends that's lost too many friends and too many relatives out there. And the south side, on the west side, like, much love to y'all who have lost people out there you know it's 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 rough out here in Chicago I mean you know you come to Chicago and you see how beautiful it is and then you wonder why so much corruption and you know again I I think the answer is in in the city you know there's a lot of corruption in the city like these are some money hungry ass motherfuckers in these offices and and I really just don't get it you know they raise taxes on us they raise they raise everything in Chicago. Like, it's ridiculous. I mean, yeah, the city is beautiful, but that hurts when, you know, we can't even live in our town peacefully without wondering if a bullet's going to go straight to our head, you know? Well, on another note, um, Filipino food. Filipino food is definitely my first comfort food go-to I love Filipino food, I love Italian, and I love Mexican. Um, I always have to have Vietnamese, Thai, and Puerto Rican every other four days. But those are the foods that I can eat, like, every day. Um, So we eat a lot of pork, you know. I mean, my Filipinos know we some lechon. 
eating motherfuckers. And y'all know that's like the whole goddamn pig. Um, you know, we do lichons, burro fights, you know, people throw money. We we have these these parties, we'll have gatherings, Filipinos get together, they'll play some music, the kids will play, and then the parents get out their change purse and they'll just start throwing change in the motherfucking scenery. Like, go get it, get it. And it would it would kind of uh you know what I'm saying? It it, it would make uh, all of us wanna dance. You know, it would it would motivate us because we now we getting paid to dance. We was like shit. I remember I had cousins who would just stay on the floor and just the rest of us would be dancing and parents would be throwing money on the floor. They'd just be snatching it up. But it was always a good time. You know what I'm saying? It was always a good time. Um, my grandmother used to make the best. Um, uh, it was a dessert. Oh, my God. I can't even think of it right now. I'm so high. Uh, sorry, guys. My edible just kicked in, so I'm kind of slow right now. Um, it's got jackfruit in it. Espasol. That's what it's called. It's called Espasol. And my grandma, um, Mamang, my mom's uh, mother, she used, to, she used to make the best Espasol. But it's rough. I mean, she used to make enough for about 30 people, 30, 40 people in one day I I watched her do it. I thought I was helping her, but it was it was rough. Like she 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 made me so I think you use like brown sugar, jackfruit, uh I can't remember the other ingredients, but um espasol is like a it's like a, a, a like a pastry sort of she cooks it in a wok right and then uh, it's weird it turns into like this like texture that it's almost kind of like dough and then they kind of like roll it out and they make it real thin and then they cut it into like these rectangular-ish uh pieces you know at a slant and then they're like doused in like this powdered sugar i want to say it's like powdered something I, I don't think it's sugar uh because it's definitely the powder is not sweet but it's like a powder that you put it in and uh, my aunt actually in toronto makes it really really good she knows how to make um the espasol because that runs on uh, my grandmother's side of the family so that's pretty dope so that's my grandmother's uh, sisters, kids out in toronto um yeah mad love mad love to the family in toronto um, mad love to everybody in Canada, actually. Showing love to all the fam bam out there. Um, all right, well, you know what? We're gonna get back to another episode because it looks like I took up a lot of time talking about what we were talking about just now. Um, so next time we'll talk about going to Filipino markets, uh, Filipinos in, in hospitals, and, uh, you know, kicking it with my fellow Filipinos at Seafood City in Chicago on Elston Ave. Um, we're going to talk about Halo Halo and educating my non-Filipino friends on proper uh, Filipino terminology. And uh, we'll talk about Jokoy and my boy Bretman Rock on the next episode.